Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. This Sunday has been a peculiar Sunday to feel. We first had Brother Aldridge that was scheduled to come for this weekend. Then we had Bishop St. Clair that was going to come for this weekend. And I told him in the back this morning, we still have Bishop coming. It's just not Bishop St. Clair. It's Bishop McGee that's going to come here on this Sunday morning. However, in tonight's service, Brother Riddell Seals will be with us here this evening. Brother Riddell will be ministering the word of the Lord here tonight, so you don't want to miss that. Amen. Come and be a part of that service as we have church here this evening. But this morning, can we make welcome our very own Bishop, Bishop McGee, this morning to the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's worship the Lord today together. Oh, let's give that to the Lord. Would you this morning? Hallelujah. Come on. He's in the house this morning. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Lord in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Just as I, Sister McGee and I didn't get to watch all the services, but we did get in on some of them. Man, we plan to finish it up and watch the others later. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's, it's good to see, even though there's a great amount of people that's not well this morning, we're glad to see all of you here. This morning, I'm glad you was expecting Bishop St. Clair. That way you're here. Amen. Praise the Lord. But that's all right. I feel like that the Lord has spoke to me. Um, I already had something kind of in the bag and just didn't have it all finished up, so it worked out. I'm going to be turning to 1 Samuel chapter 16. It's nothing new that we have heard. It's nothing that hadn't been preached. But I maybe just a little different way this morning. I want to somehow strengthen you, maybe stir up your mind this morning. How many believes we can always be better? Thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I want to start and read verse 1, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 6 and 7. Amen. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from, over, from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Then drop down to verse number 6. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliahab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. 
For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Heavenly Father, I stand before you this morning. I realize my frailties, God. I know that, Lord Jesus, that the message is yours. I'm just the container, God, this morning. Let me empty, Lord, into this church this morning the message that you have given. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would let the anointing flow in this place this morning. Bring every mind together for this service, God, even today, to speak to your children, to encourage them. Oh, God, in some way that we might propel them forward, God, to do a great work for you. I ask it, Lord, in that lovely name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I don't very seldom ever use two titles, but I felt impressed this morning. I'm going to use a subject title question. How big are you in God? How big are you in God? And then subtitle, how does God see you? How big are you in God and how does God see you? Amen. I want us to take a look because you've got to remember that, okay, Saul was the first king of Israel. And we know the story that the Lord actually brought Saul to Samuel. And, you know, he, he had a horn of oil and he, you know, Samuel anointed Saul to be the first king of Israel. And I want you to know that after he put that anointing on Saul, if you check, you don't see that horn being filled anymore till now. And I began to think about it, and I thought, you know, he had spent everything he had and put it into Saul. He had, he had built Saul up, and, and, and Saul was, he was hoping, I really believe that Samuel was hoping that that would be his last anointing, that he could, he could anoint Saul, and Saul would be king of Israel, and, and it'd all be over. So he emptied his horn. So here he is. He's carrying around an empty horn ever since he anointed Saul. But notice verse 1 there in chapter 16, and the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing that I've rejected him from reigning over Israel, he said, now fill your horn with oil and go. First time the plug's been in for a while. Probably thought he was a little bit silly. You know, he's this, here this anointed prophet is carrying around a horn and, and it hadn't got any oil in it. But all at once the Lord said, I want you to fill it up. I got a job for you to do. I want you to go anoint a king. I've rejected Saul, so you might as well quit thinking about him. You might as well quit mourning over it. And you might as well just do what I say and go and let me anoint another king. 
So I want you to stay with me just a little while this morning. And I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us. When the Lord sent Samuel to anoint a king over Israel after he had rejected Saul from being king. I really believe when I look at the scripture that Saul, that Samuel was looking for another Saul, if you please. He was looking for something just like Saul. But the scripture says in 1 Samuel 10, I've got a lot of verses, 23. And they ran and fetched him thence. He's, he's went to Jesse's house. He's, he's looking at all of Jesse's men. Amen. And they, he, he says, when he looked at Eliab, he said, Surely, surely this is the king. Surely this is the one that the Lord has anointed as Savior. Samuel thought this is it because what he seen in Eliab was what he seen in Saul. He saw him as big and strong and and. Uh, Maybe stood shoulders, head and shoulders above everybody else. So he, he was looking at that. So Samuel was looking for another Saul. But he says, is this all you've got? Because if seven passed before him, not one of them. God said, it's none of these. He said, who else have you got? He said, well, I've got, you know, the youngest. I've got David out there. He's, he's watching the sheep. He said, well, you go get him because we're not going to set until he comes. We're going to have a feast here, but we're not going to have a feast until David comes. So they run and fetched him. And when he stood among the people, here's, here's, here's Saul. He's, they went and fetched Saul. And, and, and when he stood among the people, the Bible said that he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and up. Samuel was looking for a robust person who stood head and shoulders above all the rest. Yet these that had passed by him from Jesse's house, none of them fitted. They, the, the first one he thought surely was it. The second one must have looked as good. And then all seven of them passed before him. But not one of them did God speak to him. He said, this is not them. So we're not going to sit down till the other one comes. Hallelujah. He was looking for a person. That was robust, that stood head and shoulders above. But I want to remind you that God was not looking for the robust person, but he was looking after a person with a certain kind of a heart. A caring heart, a one that was, it was after God's own heart. That's the kind of person he was looking for. Now I want to, I want to. I want us to take a look at Saul before he became king. I, I want you to see what kind of a person he was before he became king. In 1 Samuel 10, verse 21 and 22, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken and Saul and the sons of Kish was taken. And when they sought him, they could not find him. Listen to this. This is a guy that has already been spoken to and he's already had anointing 
Amen. Samuel has already told him that he's going to be the next king of Israel. But yet when they come on coronation day and they're trying to find him, they can't find him. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, therefore, they inquired of the Lord further if the man should come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hidden himself among the stuff. When they looked for him, they couldn't find him because he was hidden. Come on. He had no pride. Come on now. Stay with me a little while. He, he was not, he was not uh, king material in some ways. He wasn't standing up. But it showed his humbleness. God likes humbleness. Because... If you're exalted, he'll humble you. But if you're humble, he'll exalt you. Oh, that's what he wants. Somebody shout small. We're looking for somebody that's head and shoulders above everybody. And the Lord says, and that's what I'm not, that's not what I'm looking for. Amen. So 1 Samuel 15, 17, and Samuel said, when thou was little, he's talking about Saul now. When thou was little in thy sight, when you hid yourself among the stuff, when they couldn't find you, when you looked as the smallest among them all, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Glory. Saul come from small beginnings. Oh, God, help us. Help us as we come from small beginnings. 1 Samuel 9, 21, And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite of the smallest, everybody said smallest, of the tribes of Israel? Glory. And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin, wherefore then speakest thou so to me? Hey, he said, I can't be a king. I'm of the smallest group. I'm, I'm the very least among them. And you're saying, you want me to be king? Yet he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He looked like a king. Come on. He looked like a leader. Oh, but God, you know what? We start out small, but if we're not careful, something happens in our walk with Lord, and we get exalted in ourselves and said, I've done this or I've done that. I want you to know that I haven't done anything, but through me, God has done something. I come from small beginnings. My daddy wasn't a preacher, he was a backslider. Amen. He was a backslider. My mama had never known God. I came from small beginnings. But at three years old, when I ended up in the hospital right here about to die, my mama said a prayer. My daddy was a backslidden. Come on. Trinitarian, if you please. Hallelujah. And my, my mama prayed a prayer and said, God, if you'll heal my son, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And mama carried that through. Daddy, come back to the Lord. We started in church when I was a child. Come on, church. I'm telling you, small beginnings never hurt anybody. What small beginnings does, it'll propel you forward to do things you've never done before. 
You're on the right track if you've got small beginnings. Oh. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you speak me a Benjamite to be king? So he hid himself because he didn't think he was worthy. Anybody ever felt not worthy? I, I, I almost feel not worthy this morning. Hey, Brother Aldrich, I, I can't preach with him. Amen. He's got knowledge, wisdom. That man's Bishop St. Clair. Amen. Here I am trying to step into that place. Oh, Lord, help me, even though I do remember him when he's on the evangelistic field. Glory. Small beginnings. Don't ever forget where you came from. It's all right to have small beginnings. Because God can make greatness out of small beginnings. Woo. Hallelujah. First Peter 5 and 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's a right time. Come on. Timing is everything with God. Oh, glory. So when Samuel took one look at Eliab, he said, My own words, okay? Surely the Lord's anointed is before me to be the next king. This is it right here. Woo, boy, he's, 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 I can almost see him. He's, he's done get, getting his hand on his, he's about ready to start anointing. He's about ready to pull the plug. So this is it. This has got to be it. Now that, no wonder the Lord just sent me here. because Here I got somebody that reminds me of Saul. I've been mourning over him all this time. And the Lord's told me not to mourn over him no more. So here he goes. He's going to give me another Saul. Somebody that I poured my life, my heart into. And then the Lord rejects him. I poured everything I had. I emptied my oil. I, I emptied my horn on him. I've spent the days teaching him. I've, I've spent my time praying with him and teaching him how to go to battle and how to come in and, and how, to, how to wait on the sacrifice. I've taught him all these things. And now he's been rejected. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Surely the Lord's anointed to stand before me right now. But seven sons pass by. And the Lord says, Samuel, it's none of these. God. Man, he's looking at all these big men. And not one of them. Not one of them. Is good enough to be king. Oh, Jesus. Let me say this in my own words. Samuel, you're looking for a person. But I'm looking for a heart. Samuel, you're looking for a person. But I'm looking for a heart. I've got to have a special kind of a heart in this king. My last one failed me. His heart failed him. I'm looking for a heart. I'm not I'm no longer looking for the guy that stands head and shoulders above everybody. 
You hear me, Samuel? I'm looking for a big heart, not a big man. Not a robust person. Not somebody that's strong and looks the part. I'm looking for the heart. I've, I've had it with the good-looking guy. Come on. That stands head and shoulders of everybody else. He's got too big for his britches. And he's taking things in his own hands and he no longer listens to me and he no longer obeys. He, he does things before I've asked him to do it. He's, he's ahead of me instead of behind me. So I'm looking for somebody with a heart, a listening heart, a big heart. that said, okay, God, whatever you want and however long it takes, I'll do it. Glory. Hallelujah. Somebody shout heart. First Samuel 16, 12 and 13. And he sent and he brought him in. Now he was Rudy. And with all of a beautiful countenance. And goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him. For this is he. This, this little old guy that come in from taking care of daddy's sheeps. They don't, they don't say a word about him having any time to get prepared, Brother Mason. He didn't go change clothes. He still had on the old smelly sheep clothes, if you please. But as soon as the Lord looked upon this little guy, he said, this is him. He's good looking. He ain't even got any whiskers. He's, he's, he's slick as a button. He's rudy face and got bright eyes. And, but what I like is he's got a good looking heart. He's got a perfect heart. And that's what I need to lead my people is a perfect heart. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, then Samuel took the horn of oil. And in the midst, you understand, in the midst, before his brothers, before the family, he pours out the anointing. I don't know why he put the plug back in or not. Bible don't say. But he emptied his horn. He emptied it on Saul the first time. Now he's emptying it on David. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, and the Bible says, he took the horn of oil, he anointed him in the midst of his brethren. How do you think Eliab and the rest of these felt? And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. He went home. His job was done. He felt good about it, even though this little guy that maybe really didn't take his heart until he seen him. Hallelujah. He quit looking for the big man and started saying, Okay, God, whatever you want, Lord, then I'll anoint him. I'll, I'll anoint him. Come on. 
Church, I don't care what the Lord's got in a plan for us. It don't matter if he's looking at the heart and we're looking at the man. Come on. I want to quit looking at the guy and I want to see the heart of a person. It's the heart that matters. It's how you feel inside that matters. It's how big you are inside. Bigness in how the statue of you, but it's how big your heart is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now notice this. 1 Samuel 16, 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Glory. As soon as David received his anointing, Saul lost his. It was that quick. When the anointing hit David's head, Saul lost his anointing. And a different spirit came in. Come on, church. It's all right to have small beginnings. It's all right if they find you in the backfield being a shepherd boy. Come on. You know what? Too much in our day, I think we think it comes down through the ranks. That's, it's got to be that way. You know, hey, I brought my son to church, and I've, I've brought him up in this way. But I didn't bring him up to be a preacher. It was God, Brother Mason, that spoke to him. It was God that spoke to Brother Mason. It was God that brought him to our church, and he preached his first sermon. Hallelujah. Had nothing to do with Pastor McGee. Come on. I'm just leading them in the right direction. God's doing the work. <laughs> Small beginnings at 12 years old, God calls my son. Small beginnings. <laughs> and God brought him back here, and he's took him all over this place. Amen. He's took him every place, ministering. Come on. But it was small beginnings. You know why? God was looking on the heart. Yeah, let me tell you something. God's taking a picture of your heart all the time. It's not how big you are. Come on. It's not what you're involved in. It's what your heart looks like. What your heart's involved in. Oh, God, help my heart. Help my heart to be involved in the right things. Woo, glory. Oh. Glory. I'm going to tell you, we want to get involved outwardly. I realize that. We want to worship. We want to praise God. We want to do a work for Him. But let me tell you, everybody that's really involved in church, everybody that's really involved with the things of God, there is more going on the inside than ever shows on the outside. Come on. There's things going on down on the inside that man can't see. But God sees a heart. He sees a heart that's right, that's big, that's longing for miracles, that's longing for signs and wonders. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And David went forward, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day 
forward. Guess where he went? Back to feed daddy's sheep. Had an anointed, king's anointed, and he was in the shepherd's field. That's small beginnings. Yet he'd killed the lion, and he'd killed the bear. Nobody ever looked at that, never took a look at that. But his heart was right. He was watching God's sheep. He was being a shepherd, not a harling. <laughs> Notice what Samuel said about Saul. 1 Samuel 10, 24. Samuel said to all the people, See, look, he's, he's saying this about the first king. See ye whom the Lord hath chosen, and there is none like him. Among all the people, and all the people shouted and said, God, save the king. I want Brother Andrew. I need Brother Andrew. I need a big guy. Why don't you come just stand here and look back that way? You're, you're not really, but you're, you're going to be my Saul this morning. We're just he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Bishopters, I need you this morning. Gonna do this. I didn't tell her, brother. Didn't tell you either, did I? I I want you to see something. I want I want us to see as God sees. Okay? This is Saul. Now remember, this is this is not Brother Andrew, it's Saul right now. I want you to stand in front of him. Yeah. Y'all see anything here? We didn't try this out. He's head and shoulders. Head and shoulders above her. All right? Everybody see? Saul in the background. He's high. He was trying to hide. Yeah, yeah, try that. You can't do it. Head and shoulders above everybody. Come on. They looked at Israel, and, and it looked just like this. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. He, he can look over everybody else, and they could see him. But he was hidden among the stuff at his beginnings. He had a spirit and a heart that was right in the beginning. Come on. He got off track like some of us have got off track. Come on. Hallelujah. But God said, I'm looking for a heart. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to brag on my little old wife this morning. If she gets all embarrassed and turns red, that's all right. She's done it before. Especially living with me 20, 57 years. Amen. She's been embarrassed before. So I want, I want you to know something. Something you don't know about my wife. Since I live with her every day, I know. If you want somebody to pray for you, you need to tell my wife. Not because she'll pass it on to me. But because my wife, she started a new thing lately. She's got her alarm set at 6 o'clock. She gets up out of bed. She goes to her bedroom. She shuts the door. She's got medicine she's got to take before she can ever eat, an hour before or something like that. Ever since she's been doing that, she's been going closing that back door, and I can hear her praying. 
Sister McGee is a prayer warrior. And if you say something to her, she'll write that name down, and I guarantee you're going to get prayed over every day. Come on. I've been talking about Sam. I'm talking about the big heart and the big man. Saul, Saul looked like a king, but David had a heart like Sister McGee. It's a big heart because she's going to pray for you. I can hear her bombarding heaven in there. Glory. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. I can hear her bombarding heaven. And she believes in what the Bible says because the Bible says to pray without ceasing. That means you need to pray all the time. Now, I'm like, okay, that don't mean you got to be on your knees all the time. But I can say different times during the day, I can hear her going through the trailer praying. She's speaking a name. If, if, so, if, the, if the life flight comes this hospital in our house, we stop and pray for whoever it is. Come on, church. My wife... When she hears about somebody on the phone, text, whatever, she hears about somebody that's sick or, or going through a trial, she's, she's lifting them up through the day as she's walking back and forth, up and down those, come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Small beginnings. But I'm going to tell you what God can do with small beginnings. Hey, she's got some health problems. We got our own health problems we're going through. We've been fighting our own battles. But I'm going to tell you something. She prays every day, no matter what kind of hell. Come on. Even in her therapy, when she does therapy at home, she does it. And then she'll go to the hospital and she does it again. She's already done it. She goes to the hospital. She's doing it again. She's wore completely out. But I'm going to tell you something. She wears the altar out. She wears God out. Praying for you. Praying for this church. Come on. Come on. God's hunting somebody with a big heart. Oh, he's not looking for the stature, but he's looking for somebody with a big heart. Thank y'all. Thank you. Appreciate it. You can go be seated. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. And Samuel was so right. There was maybe not one head and shoulders above everybody else. But there was one with a bigger heart. There was one with a heart after God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Now I'm going to show you something. This began to bear on my mind. I began to think about what God sees and what we see. I thought about the big guys that he humbled and the little guys that he exalted. And I thought about Samson. He was a big guy. But the old enemy got a hold of the gal's lap that he was lying on. And after a while, she took him down. And he spilled his guts to her, and she found out his strength. And his hair was cut off, and his strength left him. 
Yet he got up as other times thinking everything would be all right. And his strength was gone. How many of you have done that sometime or another? The enemy found your strength. Let me tell you, he knows your besetting sin. He knows where you're weak and where he does. He always hits you at that place every time. Because he knows that'll discourage you. That'll trouble you. That'll take you down. So he humbled him. In the end, we know the truth that God let him get his strength back for one more time. And he killed more people as his death than he ever did in his life. But I wonder what it would have been like if Samson had had a big heart. He was strong, carried away the gates of the city. I wonder what it had been like if he just had a big heart. If he had just obeyed the Lord just every day and, and not fooled with the women. He had a problem with women. It was always there. It was these besetting sin. But I wonder what it had been like. If he would have been true to his heart, to what God had done for him. Come on. If he'd have followed the leading of the Lord, I wonder, I wonder how many, I believe he would have annihilated the Philistines if he would have just stayed true to God. He would have never had to worry about them again. I'm going to tell you, sometimes the reason the old devil's messing around our house is because we've never took him out. We've had the chance. Come on. But we didn't take him out. Come on. Yeah. The king shot arrows. Yeah. The prophet said, why didn't you shoot more arrows? It would have been a greater victory. You, you, you could have done away with it if you would have shot more arrows, but you only shot three, so you only get three deliverances. How many times have we dealt with that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Then there was Saul. We, we've talked about him all morning. He started out with small beginnings. He started out humble. But after a while, he got to the place that he was no longer listening to his man of God. He wasn't listening to Samuel. He never obeyed Samuel. Samuel was late to bring the sacrifice before they went to war. Oh, God. And you know the story. He brought, he saved all of these animals, their choice animals. God said, destroy all of it. Get rid of all of it. Many times our problem is we don't get rid of it when we got the chance to get rid of it. Some things in our life that we need to get rid of, and we don't get rid of all of it. And then it comes back and haunts us later. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. How big is your God? <laughs> what do you look like in His eyes? Come on. Where are we at on the, on, the, on the totem pole as far as God is? How far are we up or how low are we? Glory. Hallelujah. And then I think of Goliath, the big old giant that everybody was scared of and 40 days and 40 nights, and he comes out and he intimidates Israel. And guess who shows up? You, I want you to know something. He's already got a king's anointing. He comes. Daddy sends him to see how the boys are getting along in war. And they're all, you know, they're kind of hiding behind everything. And he said, just wait till you see that giant that walks out there. 
And David says, because he's got a king's anointed. He said, you just, he's, what's this big uncircumcised giant doing defying the armies of God? I'll fight him. And guess who it was that made fun of him? It was Eliahab. He said, I know you. He said, I know your naughtiness. You've come out here and you're just wanting to get in your, 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 your prideful spirit. You've come in here just to see what the battle is about. That's, that's why you're here. You know what? He's carried this jealousy all this time from being anointed in front of him. He knows that little brother's got a king's anointing, and he's jealous, and he's mad about it. He's, he's, been, he's been, had all this time to think about it. But guess what? David goes to the giant in the name of the Lord. He don't, he don't put on, he's got Saul's armor on. But he said, I can't do this. It's not been proven. Give me back my sling. Come on. Give me back my sling. I'll take the sling. I'm used to this. Come on. This is what I used and I killed the lion and the bear with. And I'm going to tell you, this uncircumcised Philistine is no different than one of them. And he goes to him in the name of the Lord. And he brings him down. You know why? He's got a big heart and God's with him. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there. Glory. Liab, it says his anger in 1 Samuel 17, 28 was kindled against David. He said, why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and naughtiness of thine heart. He didn't know his heart. He just thought he did. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Come on. He didn't come down to see the battle. He come down to win the battle. Because he had a heart that he did not like to see God's people defied by one giant. When he killed the lion and the bear and he said, this, this, this uncircumcised Philippine, he's just like one of them. I'll take him down. It's like, you know, little old sister McGee up here and, no, Saul, we could make him the giant too, the giant standing behind. So what's he doing? What's this big fellow doing defying the very army of God? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe we're living in a time where the giant that we're facing is the devil all the way around. I've talked to ministers, to my, some of my friends this week on the phone. Let me tell you something. Everybody's dealing with the same things we're all dealing with. With sickness, Brother Aldridge told me, he said, Brother McGee, I can't get them well. About the time I think one's feeling better, he said something else crops up, and he said, it don't stop. It's like the things that they started with, they don't even know what to do with them anymore. They can't find the problem. And then something else crops up over here. He said, it's just a, 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 he said, I've never seen it before like this. In all my years of pastoring, I've never seen it like this. It's like sickness on every hand. He said, I believe it's nothing more than the devil's been loosed 
against God's people, against pastors, against saints. And he said, I believe that's what it is, and I do. But I'm going to tell you something. God is looking around now, right now, for some big hearts. Brother Mason, you can come. He's looking for some big hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's looking for somebody with small beginnings. He's not looking for the elite. He's not looking for those that are up in the headlines. He's not looking for those so much in the ALJC's magazines that's done something great. He's looking for those that seem insignificant, that's sitting back in the corner and you don't hear a lot. Because he said, I can use the big heart. I can do something great with the little person. Now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question ending this morning. How big are you in God's eyes? How big are you in God's eyes? That don't mean you had to do something great. But there's something going on in the heart that nobody can see. Dakota. God sees your heart. There's something in you that He likes, He can use. Dakota, Kennedy, I'll tell you something. I've watched you lately. I've seen a lot of altar calls that should make a show of it. Everybody might be at the altar, and I've seen her slip down through there and go to the altar. There's more going on in the heart, people, than you know. There's some things going on in the hearts of people right now, I believe, that God says, I can use that smallest part of the heart. I can use this heart. You're a big, robust guy. But inside of there, there's a big heart, too. I've watched you help others. And I guarantee you up through your life there's been some times that your family couldn't hardly help themselves. But I've seen you help others. God sees that. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. How does God see you? 
How does God see you this morning? Some of you have been here for a lot of years. I want to ask you, where does God see you now? Is your heart getting bigger? I think it can. Let's stand. I'm closing. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. God, I pray you would move in this place this morning. I've ministered, Lord, what you told me to minister. God, I pray that some heart you would touch this morning and bring a deliverance, God. Lord, let people come and seek a heart after you this morning in Jesus' name. Minister, oh God. Oh, Jesus, this altar is open this morning. Jesus' name. As Brother Mason sings, does something, this altar is open. Would you come? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.